hello there, my name's Pete, this is Social Distancer. <laughs> so, big news coming out of the United States. Um, in 11 minutes, actually, they're doing their first um, thing together, their first event together, after Biden put Harris on the ticket. Kamala Harris, um, a black woman whose parents are from... Her mother is from India and her father is from Jamaica and she went to Howard College which is a historically black uh, university in the States. Uh, first time uh, somebody from Howard College has been on the VP ticket um, and obviously because you know Biden is so much ahead in the polls including in some of the states that Clinton basically should have fucking had in the bag like Michigan for instance um, although it's tight in, for instance, Michigan, maybe tighter than people are thinking. Um, nevertheless, it could be Biden's and he could give Trump a thumping. He could give a good thumping to the Trumping. He could give Trumping, tr Trumping, thumping. Trumper, thumper, Trumper. Trump, Trump, Trump. Um, and obviously that means with Biden being 77, Kamala Harris, who's 55, well, you know, looks good for her, eh? Looks good for her. In terms of running in four years' time, in terms of... He did have a fucking aneurysm, you know what I mean? A long time ago, and he is on blood thinners, but even so, you can... Anybody, even Biden's biggest supporters, say his best days are behind him, you know? But it's a good pick. It kind of makes sense when you know that... But, uh, Kamala was friends with Bo Biden, who died five years ago from a fucking horrible cancer, brain cancer. Bo Biden is Joe Biden's, what was Joe Biden's son, and they were both attorney um, generals. She was attorney general for uh, California. And Bo was, where was he for? Probably, um, it must be Delaware, mustn't it? Yeah? Fucking Delaware. So they were friends and, you know, it kind of is nice in a way that he chooses uh, an old friend of his of his son who, you know, obviously, he, well, I imagine he misses a fucking great deal. And that's the reason why he didn't throw his hat in the ring four years ago is because very honestly, he said, well, I'm actually still grieving, you know. Um, so... What does it mean? Well, it means that it is a historic moment. And even though it was expected, widely expected, still it's important to mark this moment as a massive moment in terms of, you know, what it means for black women in the United States. There have only ever been two black senators. Kamala Harris is the second black senator in the whole history of the United States. Sorry, black women's uh, senator. There's been some black ma male senators, in, well, quite a lot of them actually, like comparative to only two black women senators in the whole history of the United States. The first black female senator was Carol Mosley Braun. So Kamala Harris is a trailblazer. A trailblazer. <laughs> a trailblazer. And, you know, so what does it mean? Well, it's symbolically very important, but also like practically very important as well because he's a fucking 77 year old man and so 
you know, is he going to... He's always said that he's a transition candidate, transitioning into an America that is, you know, not white 77-year-olds. Do you know what I mean? And so does that mean that he's not going to run again in four years' time if he's successful in November? And that is an if with Trump. Because, you know, he's trying to... um, give over this idea that voting by mail is fraudulent, fucking prick. Uh, obviously, during a pandemic, more people than ever are going to vote by mail, you know? And so what you're wanting from a kind of person that hates Trump's point of view, which is me, and I didn't support Biden, but I can fucking stomach Biden a lot easier than I can stomach Trump, yeah? And, you know, every, all of this, I know that there's arguments to be had, But it is actually very good that they've got their ducks in a row, the Democrat Party, for fucking months, you know. And everyone's come out, like, you know, within 48 hours, uh, Bernie Sanders, uh, Elizabeth Warren, every motherfucker coming out saying, yeah, we just got to get behind the ticket because the alternative is not worth thinking about. And the alternative includes him resisting... um, you know, being defeated by the democratic vote, okay? One way of doing that is to say, well, the votes aren't democratic, even though obviously they are. Um, So what you want is a massive uh, voter turnout, a huge voter turnout. Why does it matter in a very pragmatic way that Kamal Harris is on the ticket? Well, the difference between... People didn't vote, black women didn't vote for Hillary Clinton in the numbers that were expected. And they stayed at home. And who came out? The fucking lots and lots and lots of white women and lots and lots and lots of white men voting for Trump. And Trump got in. And he just fucking sneaked in, but he still got in. Okay? And that's what matters. Clinton could have done a much better job than she did. But, you know, also she wasn't helped by a whole load of other bollocks, including Russia, getting involved, you know, in a very obvious, clear, well, proven way, yeah? Nevertheless, for whatever reason, the black voters didn't come out in the same, kind of, in the, in the expected numbers, uh, following, obviously, you know, kind of eight great years of voter turnout uh, for Barack Obama. So Biden... You know, being Obama's VP has got a bit of cachet there. He's helped in South Carolina, which is a couple of months ago. Oh, sorry. When was it? I mean, fucking... Was it this time last year? Yeah, it must have been. Well, it couldn't have only been a couple of months ago. Was it? Oh, man, I have no idea about time. But anyway, whenever the South Carolina was, that... Um, you, no, it, was just, it, must, it wasn't this time last year, was it? <laughs> Yeah, it was March this year. March this year, um, Jim Clyburn, who's in the um, other house, is a congressman. He basically endorsed old uh, Biden. And, you know, that kind of did it for the Biden campaign. They were, like, off and running then, you know. But Clyburn's endorsement basically, you know, totally transformed the campaign. And so he's got some cachet with black voters, but obviously it helps putting Kamala Harris in the tic- on the ticket. Because that difference, uh, if, you know, black voters, and in particular black women, apparently, what I hear, um, 
had voted in the numbers expected, then Clinton would be the prime, the prime minister, <laughs> the president now. So it, you know, it clearly matters, but it also matters because, you know, of the future if they are successful. So let's just, you know, mark this moment. And right now they're doing their first ever thing together. So I might jump into that later on in the show. Anyway, welcome to the show. What a show we got for you. So today we've got a lovely bit of newsy to tell you. Newsy, newsy, newsy about death statistics. All my favourite. So there was this thing, you may remember a couple of weeks ago, there was this outcry. Uh, essentially there's a discrepancy, or there was and up until um, this change that has happened today, between Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland. And they had a cut-off point uh, of 28 days. So if you die um so you have a test first of all you die and then in the afterlife you have a test no if you get coronavirus and you have a test and then um you go into hospital obviously you will have had to in the back in the good old days you know when there were no, were no fucking tests with the no no fucking tests then um you have a test only when you're in the hospital you know fuck the rest of you now it's a bit easier to get a test but anyway you get a test <laughs> and um do you think this is going to be a short year i don't fucking think so but what were you complaining about you had yesterday off for fuck's sake anyway um what did i do yesterday can't remember didn't see knives out though cool that was good knives out yeah knives out oh i saw um the uh spike lee joint oh a fucking beautiful film What's it called? Inside Man? Have you seen that one? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, really good, actually. Really good. I didn't think it would be that good, but it was that good. Because I've got, I'm slightly, I mean, I really do love that man. What's his name? That tall man? Um, You know, the tall English actor. He plays the baddie. I saw him once in a play. I used to go with plays, um, with plays. I used to go with my father to plays. You know, when plays... Do you know when you remember plays? Yeah, you remember them. Anyway, uh, we saw him once in this thing about... I can't remember what it was. Anyway, um, yeah, that's good though. Check that out. And The Five Bloods, by the way, fucking fantastic. Absolutely brilliant. I absolutely fucking love that. See that. And anyway, so I'm on a bit of a... Well, I mean, in the tiny amount of time I have to watch movies. But this isn't bloody movie night show, is it? No. Um, so the, this change has happened and the change is that now England has joined the gang of, oh, I didn't ever say what it was. <laughs> right. So you get coronavirus, you get a test and then after 28 days of having, you know, tested positive, if you die after 28 days, they don't recognise your death as being of coronavirus in Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland. So for week after week after week, Scotland haven't had any deaths now. Do you remember that episode I did ages ago saying no deaths in Scotland for three days or whatever it was? They haven't had any deaths for day, like weeks and weeks. But the Scottish 
uh, statistical authority, whatever they're called, something like that, statistical, statistical authority, <laughs> they said that about 35 or 30, I, I think it's either 34, 36 or 38 deaths, but say like mid-30s, in the last four out of the last five weeks, because there's a one-week lag, there have been, like, say, round of, let's call it 35, but it isn't 35, because I'm pretty sure it's an even, let's call it fucking 36, why not? Uh, let's say 36. If you want to know the actual figure, then just Google it. But you don't expect absolute accuracy in, on death statistics from me, do you? Well, you probably do, actually. So I will find out. I'll give you the actual number. But anyway, let's say, for the time being, um, six... No, let's not say six. Let's say 36 deaths have happened within the last five weeks in Scotland due to COVID-19. In the same way that the ONS, you know, registered the registered on the death register, on the death, you know, certificate, COVID-19. The ONS collect that, don't they? Yeah, yeah they do collect that. But there is also a lag, so we know that 55,000 plus people have died of COVID-19. Okay, we know that. And that's, um, you can't, it doesn't matter what the numbers say in terms of retroactively kind of refitting this new rule to all of England's numbers. We know the number of people that have died from uh, COVID-19 because of the ONS's work. They collect all the fucking, you know, uh, death certificate numbers. So, and Scotland does the same thing. Last um, five weeks has been 30, whatever, 35. Are we saying 35? Right, so I've just checked and it's 34. Um, so there's the number. So 34. In last um, five weeks, uh, 34 people in Scotland have died from COVID-19, even though the daily figure for the last five weeks has been 000 every fucking day for the last five weeks. Right, so there's the difference. Now... Um, with that in mind, um, the UK have now come together and basically England are now doing what the, U what the rest of them have been doing all along. So from, I don't know when it comes in because it hasn't come in tonight actually on tonight's um, death figures. So probably you know, tomorrow or sometime very soon it will come in. So let's just um, in a very uh, clear way. Let me just read this fucking thing to you from my researcher. <laughs> I don't know, you probably got this from a news article. Anyway, I, but he doesn't credit it, so... Uh, in Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland, the count only included people who died within four weeks of a positive test. Someone who stays in intensive care with COVID-19 for five weeks and dies would not be counted as a coronavirus death, for example. In England, there was no time limit. Someone who recovered from uh, COVID-19 in March and died in a car crash in July would be counted as a coronavirus death. Now the UK's four chief medical officers have decided to use a single consistent measure and publish the number of deaths that occur within 28 days of a positive coronavirus test confirmed in a lab every day. So that's the change. And so those 34 people that died in Scotland they got a test, 28 days ticked over, and then they died. And they did die of COVID-19 because the Statistics Authority in Scotland 
has registered, like, looked at their fucking death thing, right? Now, interestingly enough, um, 55,000 plus people have died in the UK as a whole because of the old, uh, you know, work of the ONS. Um, but they're registering 20 deaths a day, whereas because up until now there's been this kind of long tail of the English deaths, the English deaths have been around about 50 a day, like, you know, kind of on average. So that's going to mean that we're going to look at around about 20 deaths a day, you'd, you'd kind of expect. Um, you know, that it would be much, much closer to the ONS figure, but of course there is a lag in the ONS figure. But what does it matter? Well, what it matters is, I'm not too sure whether this is the best example, the, the best use of... I mean, in a way, it's all, like, who gives a fuck, because the, the gold standard, of course, is waiting for the ONS figures, and that's counting the people that died of coronavirus with the fucking thing on its certificate, you know, on the death certificate of the person that's died. And there we go. So, so you know, in a couple of weeks, it's not going to really matter one way or the other. But in terms of trying to figure out where we're at, in terms of, you know, the cases and... You know, like I was saying the other day, you would expect um, there there might be reasons why it doesn't happen in terms of who's getting COVID-19, but you would expect things to look up, look bad at the middle of September, maybe the end of September, because we're now posting a thousand cases a day, every day now, for the last couple of days in, in England. So you'd expect, or in the UK, and the vast majority of those are in England, so you'd expect that, you know, um, deaths would follow in like four or five weeks, yeah? And they might not. And, you know, so there's, so there's that aspect to it. But also, we're knowing now more that this isn't a thing that you get over in four weeks. I mean, I don't actually know that anybody genuinely recovers from coronavirus in four weeks. Maybe if you're very lucky and it's actually mild. But in terms of everybody I've known and anecdotally, everyone that's known anyone that's had the thing, and, you know, I'm doing this fucking show, so people are talking to me about it. Do you know what I mean? Um, it's a long... I mean, it's we know this. Like, just generally, we know that it is a, a chronic, probably a chronic illness that you're going to have with... The, for the rest of your life in some respect you know multiple symptoms and uh, it goes in waves you know there is no kind of recovery a kind of steady downward trend into getting better that basically I mean maybe it does happen but more often than not it doesn't happen okay so it seems that are basically a kind of arbitrary four-week cut-off period, and then fuck it, you know, that's it. You're you're done with, mate. You know, I mean, in a way, it doesn't matter because ONS will pick it up, or the you know relevant uh, country statistical authorities will pick up that death. But of course, in another way, it does matter because we want to see, like, you know, the death figures. The whole point of the death figures is that it's a true reflection of what's happening. All right, so here's Joe Biden talking now. Let's see what he has to say for himself. Under attack with this administration. 
Kamala Harris has had your back, and now we have to have her back. She's going to stand with me in this campaign, and all of us are going to stand up for her. On January 20th, 2021, we're all going to watch Senator Harris raise her right hand and swear the oath of office as the first woman ever to serve in the second highest office in America, in this land. And then we're going to get to work fixing the mess that President Trump and Vice President Pence have created, both at home and abroad. All right, so there you go. You get get the gist, don't you? Well done, Biden. That was quite a good little bit there. Totally random, obviously. Reminds me of a theatre show I did once where we tuned the radio in every night and we had no idea what was going to come. Beautiful, beautiful, fucking lush. Right, anyway, um, there he is. So that's a nice little bit of history, isn't it? So John Ashton, who's the Director of Public Health, he wrote something really interesting today. And it's a... a, um, critique of the government's response to the coronavirus and um, it's really worth reading read all of it if you can Um, so it's in sage journals and it's fantastic it's called it's got a really good name i think it's called something like the rising tide will just find out what the name of the thing is the name of the thing is so sorry it's in the uh, journal of the royal society of medicine in order to get to it you go through the sage journals portal and it's called a rising tide sinks all ships and it's by john ashton starts quoting the um bob dylan song a hard rain's gonna fall i heard the sound of a thunder that roared out a warning I had the roar of a wave that could drown the whole world. And in it, I won't read the whole thing, but in it he talks about um, the the virus on a global scale and then zooms in on the kind of pathetic, ridiculous, uh, you know, attempt by the government to try to fucking, you know, do something about it and obviously fuck up and here is the key uh, quote in the UK the narrow and chauvinistic Brexit dogma spilled over in a truculent refusal to engage with collective procurement of essential testing equipment personal protective equipment and ventilators to the detriment of the home population this contributed to thousands of unnecessary deaths and the dysfunctional organisational aftermath of the Lansley health reforms of 2013, including a disastrously centralising Public Health England, set the country up to fail. The Prime Minister's lazy approach to leadership was the straw that broke the camel's back. And he finishes, In the Bible, the book of Galacticans uh, 6 tells us that Whoever earth a man soweth, that shall he also reap. An instruction also to be found in traditional North American culture is looking after the things that look after you, 
or in the practice or in the practice of public health as the precautionary principle, so often disparaged by free marketeers. If the COVID-19 pandemic teaches us nothing else, it should be that a rising tide may sink all ships. It's definitely worth finding online. Uh, just type in John Ashton, a rising tide sinks all ships. And um, yeah, it's really lovely to hear. I mean, thank God for voices like um, Mr. Ashton's or Dr. Ashton. I don't know if he's a doctor, but um, we wouldn't put it past him. And, <laughs> but thank God for voices like John Ashton's. And thank God for voices like, you know, those on Independent Stage that I talk about all the time on this show, you know. Thank God that it isn't just fucking Gavin Williamson, you know. And arseholes like that fucking Michael Gove and fucking Sausage himself, you know. Thank God it isn't just fucking witty and balance. Just like, you know, these civil servants fucking kowtowing to power. It's absolutely sickening. It is... We have just gone into the worst fucking recession of our lives. Of any of our lives. Even if you're, like, 200 years old. This fucking recession, you've never seen anything like it before, you know? And it's far worse than much of Europe. Far, It's the worst in G7. Far worse than, I think, everywhere in Europe. And, um, you know, of course they're not interested in uh, telling us about that. And so, what is it? Of course, it's the old Trump playbook. Let's get all the fucking racist English people concerned, like foaming at the fucking mouth about, what, a couple of hundred people trying to get here, flee wars and, you know, proper fucking bad shit in their lives and... Uh, come over here and seek asylum. And you know what? It is not illegal to seek asylum anywhere you fucking like. It is your human right to seek asylum. So the word illegal that is always put uh, in front of everyone that talks about this is uh, miscorrectly used. You do not label people seeking asylum as illegal. Unless their case is, you know, kind of thrown out and, okay, you can't be here for whatever reason. But you can seek asylum wherever the fuck you like. It's part of, you know, the Convention of Human Rights going back decade after decade after decade. Um, And anyway, you know, but fuck that. It's just a bunch of brown people on a boat. Fuck them, you know. Sky News, unbelievably, Sky News and the BBC, both of them, they're getting their fucking reporters on the boats going out there into the English Channel and looking at these dinghies that are, you know, like, precariously, like, on the fucking English Channel, the world's busiest crossing for ships and boats, and then just like, oh, look, there you are, there it is. Fucking unbelievable. It is absolutely extraordinary. So, you know, it's, it's there designed to kind of keep our eye off of the death statistics and off of the rising cases and off of the you know, 20% drop in GDP. I mean, you've never seen anything like it. It's, of course, it's designed that we keep our eye off the fucking ball, you know? But that's the last I'm going to say of it. I said it in the context of, you know, keep our eye on the ball, please. And um, thank God for people like John Ashton, who are, you know, speaking truth to power.
have you heard? Have you heard the news? There is a podcast called Social Distancer. Share it, like it, sound your friends. It's everything you want to hear about. The greatest public health emergency of our lives. Four times a week now. It's Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays. It's free and an omnibus on So I got that as a little gift, an email uh, attachment, and uh, fantastic, isn't it? Now, I think right at the beginning, the email, it wasn't signed by anyone. It's just a very pleasant email, um, but they didn't sign it. And I think at the beginning, although they didn't say it, I think that it's a dog drinking water. You hear that lapping, lap, 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 lap. Go back and hear the lapping. Go back for the lap. And uh, lap back to the lap. And um, if you want to do the same, I mean, no, there's no reason why you would, but if you do want to, <laughs> then please do. And my email address is socialdistancerpodcast at gmail.com. Do your own version of the song. And, I mean, it's quite different, isn't it? I mean, I really like it a lot because it's so different. And I don't know, it sounds, I don't know, it sounds, it sounds very familiar, but also... Um, you know, not as well, if you know what I mean. Uncanny, that's the fucking word. Anyway, thank you ever so much, whoever you are. Okay, so I'm going to call it a night, but before I do, there's a couple of things to mention. First of all, breaking news. The Independent have got a story about a school in Glasgow. Coronavirus cluster linked to Glasgow High School as thousands of students return to the classrooms. Cluster of coronavirus cases in Glasgow has been linked to a high school, NHS officials have said. Um, as So Scotland just opened their schools the other day, Tuesday, yesterday. Um, the school reopened today, or maybe it was today, um, for some schools. But none have actually attended as they're self-isolating as home. Well, that's fucking good then, isn't it? And now let's take a look at the cluster. Let's get numbers. Of people involved. Eight new positive cases identified, including pupils from Bannerman High School in the suburb of uh, Bailsiton. So that's interesting. Test and protect staff for contacting anyone who may be affected. There's no current added risk to the wider community due to this cluster of cases. Well, okay, I mean, but also, you know, it's all. <laughs> Okay, great. It doesn't sound great, though, does it? You know what I mean? Fucking unbelievable. So, we'll see. I mean, in one way, it's nice for Scotland, who, you know, are in a better position than England, to be the fucking canary in the coal mine, you know, not to be too dark about it, but we can see what's going to happen uh, with with um, Scottish schools 
before English schools. And, you know, let's hope nothing fucking happens, obviously, with Scottish schools. And also, of course, it isn't actually very, um, you know, uh, very uh, fair comparison because Test and Protect is much better than Test and Trace. Test and Protect is what they call the Scottish version. Right, now, here's, here is an email I got from Drew Nugent. It's called Drew Nugent Strikes Back. I'm just going to read it to you because it's quite interesting from a kind of textural, textural analysis point of view. What up, social distancer? <laughs> For God's sake. Um, what up? I've never seen that word ever written. W-A-D-U-P. Wad up, social distancer. And then lots of R's, like Tony the Tiger. <laughs> I don't know where this guy is. Is he from America? I think he is. Or Canada? I have no idea where the fuck he is. But I think he's because he wrote mom once. I don't know how old he is, but he referred to his mum. But he wrote it M-O-M. Um... I've got a feeling he might be from Canada. I don't know why. I can't remember every fucking thing this guy's written. Anyway, how's it going, Peter Pan, the man, the COVID gangster granddad? Fuck off. Whatever, not that I'm touchy about my age or anything. Whatever happened to the mob boss, baby? Um, okay, I'll answer that in a minute. I know that shit's not real, bro. Oh, well done. Clearly, <laughs> clearly it came from your weirdo brain, bruv. But where'd it go, Margro? What the hell does that mean? This is... Oh, my God. Okay, I'm not a grandfather. I'm actually a father of a three-year-old, all right? But I do not... I mean, maybe this guy's just written M-A-G-R-O-W. Is that a word? Magro? (laughs) Probably this guy has just made up this word, okay? And I'm not, like you know, down with the kids. Because I'm down with the kids, man. Did you flush him down the toilet with your daily beefs? Yeah, nice. And what's this about three days a week, my brother, from another mother? (laughs) What the fuck? This is... Anyway, I'll talk about this in a minute. Jeez, I thought I was Lazy Daisy. Oh, Bob, you know I love you. (laughs) I'm just wearing my Bunce pants. (laughs) I'm just wearing... I'm just wearing my Bantz pants, lozenge. <laughs> but I do have a serious question. Oh, okay. And here it is. And I want to keep it light because there's got to be more than reading out the deads. <laughs> what do you miss most about the world before COVID? That is a serious question, Drew. Thank you. For me, it's going to the movie theatre. Okay, so he's American, yeah? I miss my summer blockbusters. I think the drive-in is maybe the best option now. Okay, so he must be in the States. Uh, but so many movies have been held back. I back. I want Tenet. Goodbye, Petey Pants. Sweet dreams. Keep up the good work. Drew Nugent. P.S. I do the raindrops thing. It always feels like I'm the only one. P.P.S. Are there werewolves on Fartmore? <laughs> Fartmore. Um... No, there's no werewolves in Farfall. Right, so I think that this um, person of an indeterminate age, but I think probably a kid. Do we know that he's like, I don't know how old he is. But he talked about his mum at one point. 
because the, the, we swear, it says, I think the swearing's funny. Do you remember that? And anyway, I think he's got a very rich kind of cultural life here. He's picking up things from, from multiple cultures, which is very, which is excellent, an excellent sign, Drew. And, you know, I hope you don't mind me analysing your your writing a bit. But are there werewolves from Fartmore? Well, I think that you're getting confused with the Yorkshire Moors, which is in an American werewolf in London. That's the Yorkshire Moors in North Yorkshire. There are no werewolves. Also, though, he might be thinking of the Hound of the Baskervilles, because that was Dartmoor, the um, Holmes story. But that wasn't a werewolf, was it? Is that supposed to be a werewolf? I don't think so. It's just a big fucking dog, isn't it? Um, but anyway, there are no werewolves on Fartmore. Uh, do the raindrops always feel like the only one? I think well, you probably, you know, are the only one, statistically speaking. Oh, by the way, right, here's a statistic for you. Very interesting. Do you know the other day I was talking about the Labour MP who was stopped by police the other day? Um, somebody pointed out the chances of the uh, copper putting in the fucking wrong uh, registration number but at the same time coming up with this, the correct make and model of the car are uh, one in two million I mean it's like it's such a fucking blatant lie you know what I mean just like oh yeah fine just you know a bunch of racist cops just lying to people all over the fucking place Anyway, sorry, I thought I'd just mention that because I thought it was quite interesting. Um, now, so, Drew. Drew Nugent. Yeah, you probably are the only one, statistically, but you may not be, and just do the fucking thing, okay? Uh, that's a good answer, isn't it? Right, um, what do I miss most? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing Tenet. I think that Inception is fantastic. I bloody love it. I think that, um, what's his name? Uh, son... He's brilliant. He's brilliant in Black Klansman. And, you know, what's his name? Obviously is, like, the fucking best, basically. Denzel. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to uh, Tenet a lot. And I really like that guy who's made some very interesting choices. The guy that was in Harry Potter years ago. And then he was in that Twilight thing. And then ever since Twilight, he's just become this fucking fantastic superstar of choosing really good projects including the childhood of a leader have you ever seen that what's his name you know the pretty boy who plays batman next it's interesting he chose to do batman because he hated doing twilight so you think well fucking get away from batman but anyway he's in tenet as well so yeah i like christopher nolan i'm looking forward to seeing tenet but i'm not going to go to the fucking movie theater i think drew listen yeah, it's good. Goes, I think that the um, driving is the best option. Definitely. It's the best option because you're in your fucking car. If we had drive-ins in Britain, I would definitely go to a drive-in. There's no doubt about it. There's like, basically, what's the risk? There is no fucking risk. So, um, but we don't have any drive-ins in Britain. I don't think there's one drive-in in Britain. Um, so we're not going to do that. And there's no way I'm going to go to a bloody movie theatre, as you call it. Uh, what do I miss most? I do miss going to the movies a lot, actually. Um, I don't know, really. I don't, well, I miss seeing my friends. I mean, that's what I miss. You know, I miss... We're... Like, I'm off. Because I work in a school. I'm off 
at the moment I'm on holiday but it's not much of a holiday when you know you're constantly worrying about dying <laughs> do you know what I mean that's what I kind of miss the just kind of not being anxious on a very low level but all of the time you know and you have to be kind of hyper vigilant when you're in my situation so that is what I miss I miss not being anxious probably not a great thing but anyway I do love the way that you've picked up these things and some this 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 amazing language that you're using Drew it's really it's really good and um, sometimes I think that I don't know why well, I have no idea actually like what you're going on about basically what happened to the mob boss yeah I retired the mob boss I thought that he had done a beautiful arc in his you know uh, character beautiful character arc and I thought yeah goodbye mob boss he might make it I'm in negotiation with him coming back to say hello but make it fucking brief will you mob boss for episode 200 but now I've gone down to three days a week because I'm a lazy daisy uh, you know episode 200 is fucking years away now it's like <laughs> anyway thank you ever so much for the email Drew lovely to hear back from you and um, yeah really entertaining email that so uh, one other thing as well is that there is this phenomena that I need to talk to you about. I think I'm going to call it the, them the, the neck maskers. These are people that have got a mask and they wear the mask, but they don't wear it over their faces. They wear it over their fucking neck. They're the neck maskers. And we, we've, there's been sightings of neck maskers on public transport, on trains... And you see them in the streets, you know, these neck maskers. It's very odd. I mean, I don't know what's going on. I can understand it if you're going in and out of shops, you know, to a certain extent. Well, I can, like, to a total extent. I can understand that. But what I can't understand is uh, doing it on a train, you know? Because you know that you should wear the fucking mask over your face, right? That's where you put the mask. Not on your neck. You don't breathe through your neck. You're not a fucking fish, okay? You're not a bloody pollock. You're a bloody pillock. So anyway, there's the um, that's my complaint about those people. And this is it. This is the moment. Lichen, lichen, lichen. Did you get lichen? The research got lichen. Shall I tell you about it? Yeah, of course I should. It's symbiosis. Obviously. Obviously. And you know what is interesting? Is that it only came into the researcher's mind... When he heard me call him out. So not even the researchers got it. Like I did on Monday's show. And only at that point. Did he get it. So it was in itself. A beautiful example of symbiosis. Is it? Yeah kind of is. Yeah kind of is. Kind of. Well I mean it isn't. But kind of is. Anyway. Right. Let's all get together. Okay. Just get on with it now. One. Two. Three. No palaver. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I do like saying no palaver, no palaver, now this time. One, two, three, walk between the raindrops, take care of yourselves, see you later.